Thanks for listening to the Woodward Podcast Network. Check out more shows by searching for us on Spreaker or wherever you catch your podcasts. The Woodward Podcast Network with Krupka Dental Associates. Hello, this is Dr. John Krupka from Krupka Dental. We now have the Saleo Laser. You can have your fillings done without needles nor drills. We are a full-service dental office and always accepting new patients. To learn more about me and my friendly team, visit KrupkaDental.com. This is your blood brother, Ted Nugent, with my blood brother, Mark, on Live in the Outdoors on 95.3 The Score. From the Fast Sign Studios, more than fast, more than signs, it's Live in the Outdoors with Mark Druitt, presented by Fleet Farm. Be part of the show by calling 281-1570 or 866-653-1570. Now, here's your host, Mark Druick. Greetings and welcome to Fleet Farms Living the Outdoors show here on The Score. I'm your host, Mark Drew. Glad to have you along for the ride tonight. Got a great show planned for you. Scott Roon is here tonight. We're going to be talking about the Learn to Hunt uh, Turkey program. Uh, get some people fired up for that and uh, tell you how you can get involved with that and how you can uh, be a part of that Learn to Hunt program. Uh, we're going to kick it off with my first guest who's been a friend of mine since, oh, I'm going to say over 20 years. Uh, he's... Uh, got me on some of the biggest deer that I've shot and I would classify him to be one of the best uh, shed hunters uh, that I know of Uh, and I'm gonna go ahead and welcome in Jack Schaefer. Jack how are you? Good how you doing Mark? I'm good man what's going on down there in Iowa you got any snow down there yet or? No snow I think it's coming in tomorrow. Oh perfect perfect so i'm actually i'm actually walking around shed hunting right now so bear with me (laughs) well if we lose you we'll know why (laughs) so i'm in a good i'm in a pretty good spot for reception so i I thought i'd hit this farm before snow came so perfect so obviously the deer um have been dropping their 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 antlers are you having luck this year so far yep i've had pretty good luck um this farm i'm on apparently no one's been on it yet and i got permission to uh, shed hunt and i picked up two sets and probably five singles so far so it's just been a pleasant surprise this time of year wow that must be uh must be a really good farm and obviously it's better if nobody's in there that uh, you get the first Uh, crack at them so (laughs) yeah that helps it does uh squirrels (laughs) chewing on them yet are they pretty pretty good shape yeah the ones that dropped early has got some chews on them and whatnot so um and that's just kind of par for the course sure and uh, Jack, where are you located? You're in kind of south central Iowa. Yeah, I'm in southeast Iowa here in uh, Fairfield, Iowa. Perfect. And you know, obviously, I've been I've been coming down there to hunt with you for I don't know how many years now, quite quite a while. 2001, I think, was the first year I was down there, and I've been down there shed hunting, and it's an incredible place. It's uh, you know got a lot of big deer in it, a lot of ups and downs, big ditches and such, but. You know, when you're shed hunting, obviously, you're looking at certain types of properties and, and certain aspects. What are some of the key things that you're looking for? You know, obviously, it's going to be different here in Wisconsin or northern Wisconsin than in Iowa. What are some of the spots that you're looking for that you would like to hit first? Well, you got to find, if you can find where the deer are at in January, uh, they're probably going to be there through February and March. They're, you know, you got to find a food source. Um you got to have a place where it's out of the wind, something facing the south-facing slopes. Um, you know, that stuff will be a lot drier than the north-facing by 20, 25 degrees difference. Sure. And, you know, the deer just bed up on the south-facing slope. They'll get up, you know, and go eat and go back because that's what they're focusing on that time of year. And a little bit of water, I guess, but mainly just, you know, out of the wind, a little bit of food. Grassy waterways that's facing the south, you know, they, they heat up really good sure. this time of the year. Excellent. Now, let's talk a little bit about weather. You said there, do you have snow on the ground down there right now? No, it's actually just got dry enough where a guy could drive off the road with his truck. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> just the first time in, in two months since it's, fro- you know, since it's been froze where you could do it then. But uh, we've had some pretty good rains, and, you know, it doesn't dry very good this time of year when it gets down 30 at night and 45 during the day. Yep. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, what do you have to change your, your tactics when you have, a, you know, if you have snow on the ground this time of year, does that change where you're looking? Does it, does it concentrate those deer in, in heavier areas? 
Well, it still it still boils down basically to the food source. Um, they got to have food and and get out of the wind. You know, eighty percent of your sheds you're going to find where there's food and uh, you know behind cedar trees uh, and the grassy stuff. But you know, as far as the snow goes, you know, a couple inches is not going to bother much. You know, they're they're that's not going to really change it up much and and whatnot. It's just a little harder to see them. Sure. Yeah. Well, <laughs> they have those white bony things kind of stick out. Uh, yeah. Uh, and and yep. it, you know, you kind of get an eye for it after the while. After a while, people say to me, "It's like, well, how can you ever find those things?" And like you you mentioned, you've got to have a plan in place. But once you pick up a few and you you kind of get a an idea of what they look like it's not that it's really not that difficult you just got to be in the right spot no no it really isn't you know a lot of times i'm glass and hay fields uh pastures you know with a good set of binoculars i have vortex um you know you can see the tine sticking up if it's a decent size you know bean fields is is good but the corn fields are really tough i mean if you if you know that you think you got a big deer that's living around it you basically got to walk it you know, every three or four rows, or maybe even get a bunch of uh, fifth or sixth graders out there and take every row, get 20 of them out there. <laughs> you know, that that cover the ground pretty fast. Yeah, get all the neighborhood kids out and give them some exercise yeah. and send them home tired, right? Yeah. Tell them you'll give them five bucks and here, you know, find me what you can find me. Yeah, exactly. You know, you've been doing this for as long as I've known you and probably before that. You know, on average, you know, I'm sure some, some years – vary from you know conditions or or population or whatever but how many do you think you you find on the average every year well back when i was a little bit younger i really got after it and a lot of people wasn't doing it now or Mm -hmm. then Mm -hmm. and uh i'm talking about the time i met you or so you know 20 25 years ago you go into a farm and when you find old ones that's in there laying, then you know you're in a good spot. Like no one's been in there for years, and then you get the fresh ones along with it. That's just a, you know, that's just a treat. So, yeah. um, you know, on the average year now, it's a lot tougher because more people are doing it. Um, probably fifty to seventy, maybe. And that's a lot of miles. I mean, it sounds like a lot of sheds, but that's a lot of miles. Yeah, that's a, that's a lot of walking there. That's for sure. You it know, is. It's, it's not as easy as yeah. what people think it is. But, you know, like you said, if you get on a on a farm where, that the deer are staying on, you know, your chances yep. of, of finding them are, are pretty good. Yeah. Um, well, you know, if you can get in to find 10 on a farm, you know, a decent 200-acre farm or something like that, you've done real good. You know, you do that, you know, a couple, three times, you know, you jump right up there, you know, on the count pretty good. But, you know, back in the day, you know, it wouldn't be nothing to get 90 to 100. But a lot of them would be old, too, old chewed-up sheds, and yeah. not they wouldn't all be fresh. Sure. So it, it's kind of like a half-to-half thing. Even, even now, this year, I've probably picked up, oh, I'm probably pushing that 75 mark right now. I've had a couple good farms, but... You know, 30 or 40 of them, almost half has been chewed up and they're white and squirrels ate them up from previous years. Oh, my. So, you know, those things, that's just that's just the way it goes down here. we got a heck of a big squirrel population. I think you had a big red squirrel picking on you one day in a stand. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, I mean, there's some Boone and Crockett-sized fox squirrels down there, I can tell you that. They're... <laughs> Uh, they are yeah. they are big and it doesn't take them long either. You know, you got squirrels, mice, you know, any rodent is uh, is going to chew on that because that's just that, that calcium or whatever it is yeah. in those horns. That's just you know that's great for them. I come across a uh, a deadhead is what we call it. You know, one that a deer had been either gut shot or hit by a car and got several hundred yards off the road. And uh, I come across it here a while back about a month ago. And you got to have a salvage tag down here to, you know, pick one of those up and carry it out of the timber. And I left it and uh, didn't want to mess with it. It was kind of stinky. And I came back to that farm a month later, and a squirrel had chewed the one tine, like the G3 on the inside, about seven inches off. <laughs> and I swore that the squirrels wouldn't bother one that was like that you know they'll, they'll do an old chalky white one that's been there for four or five years sure i, I really i really didn't think they'd bother it with the you know the blood and the, and the skin on it but this old squirrel did oh well there, there you go i guess they, know, it, yeah they don't they don't show any discretion i guess 
know, you know, they they want that calcium, but you know, there was blood on the inside of that tine, you know, going up the middle of it, mm-hmm. and uh, I, they just, I guess, he just wanted some extra goodie for that day. A little so. something extra. How was your How was the winter been down there? Has it been pretty pretty mild? Pretty mild. Uh, we'll get two or three days of some cold weather, and then it warms up and and stuff. We haven't had. I pushed snow for a guy down here, and we've probably pushed four times, maybe. Oh, okay. Maybe four, and that's not very many. No, no, really. not at all. I mean, that's about once a month. <laughs> yeah, and your winters so. really aren't all that, all that bad down there anyway. So your your deer population, you know, outside of some kind of a, a disease outbreak, stays pretty steady, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we got hit with EHD here and there, and you know, in the last. Um, seven eight years but uh we we are doing pretty good on the population i mean there's pockets where there's a lot and there's places where there's not that many you know mm-hmm. people don't realize it but there's there's 15 counties in northern iowa that you can't shoot a deer um wait a minute you can't shoot a a doe you can shoot a buck but you can't shoot a doe because they're trying to get him to come back oh is that right yeah, and uh, they don't, and some of them don't even offer it. So I mean, it's just flat black dirt, you know, between like Ames and and uh, north up towards you know the Minnesota line and stuff. Sure. But that that it sounds crazy because you come down here, you can see. Well, you've seen them before. You can go out and count, you know, fifty to a hundred every night in certain spots. Yeah, yeah. So, it's, it's... <laughs> Plenty, plenty of deer down there. So, I mean, obviously it's been a couple of years since I've been down there. How was your uh, season last year? Were you guys pretty successful down there? Yeah, we were uh, – it was a pretty good year. Um, had a couple bow hunters in. They they uh, took a couple deer. Um, had a couple muzzleloader guys in. And I think I was telling you this the other day, one got one, the other guy wounded one. and we just couldn't we couldn't get our hands on it. I don't I don't think it was a fatal shot, so I think he's gonna make it. So sure. yeah, I had a had a pretty good year. Um you know, our, our shotgun group, we I hunt first season it uh we took probably I don't know, fourteen or fifteen, but there's there's about fifteen of us to hunt together. We still do the drives down here. Sure. We, you know, it's a big group we've had for about twenty five years and basically been hunting the same properties. And we hunt a little public. That helps. So yeah, yeah, most definitely. And uh, um, you know, when you're when you talk about Southeast Iowa, you your Fairfield is you know kind of you're just a little bit north of uh, what is that the Missouri River? Is that the one that runs out in your in your area down there? Um, Des Moines. Des Moines. That's it. Yeah. And Des Moines. Kissaqua. Yeah, I was born and raised in Kissaqua, which is the county south, Van Buren, and it makes a big cut right through that county the moines river does sure and that you know you've got all those you know agricultural fields and and all of those ditches that um are just great habitat you know for (laughs) for big whitetails i mean obviously um i've had some really good luck down there over the years and and um you know it's 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 amazing i remember the first year i came down there the tag was 150 bucks uh, and I think now <laughs> yeah. it's like 600 or something like that for a non-resident. Yeah. But, you know, if you yep. if you want to see a lot of deer and you want an opportunity to, you know, to kill a big deer, um, Iowa is a place to go. And, you know, what are you seeing? Mm-hmm. Obviously, you have a lot of guys that come through that you work with. Um, mm-hmm. Is it about five five years? What's it taking for a for a bow tag these days? Yeah, it takes, it takes about five years from the, like, if you put in for the bow or for the draw, this summer it'll take it'll take five years if you get lucky you might get on the fourth year but it's taken about five years for a bow tag which is just ridiculous just ridiculous because the gun season and the muzzleloader season it's about every other year you know that yeah I mean, you and sometimes you got it like three years in a row there once or more yep yep back in the i did get it three years in a row which was nice but now you've yep. got me um in the muzzleloader season, and I I, mm-hmm. I like that late season. There's not many people out. Um, you know, nope. when I was there, unfortunately, it was probably the most brutal um, hunting it's conditions cold. you could ask for. Um, oh, it but, was terrible cold. I you know you, I mean, I'll give you credit. You wanted you hunted in it, 
you know, and I was, I hurt my toe at the time. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, we were, we had some unfortunate conditions and, uh, yeah, it was, in fact, the one day I told you, you know, you have to sit in the blind. Yep. You can't sit in the, you can't sit in the open. I mean, you couldn't darn heater in a truck didn't even want to keep up. Yeah. It was like, uh, <laughs> 11 degrees below zero. And then like 35 mile yeah. an hour winds. It was just, the deer weren't moving. Oh. You know, that was the problem. The deer were there. I mean, I remember you put me in that spot, um, you know, down in that in that uh, kind of creek bottom there. There were so many tracks mm-hmm. in there. It's like, mm-hmm. where are all these deer? But they just they just weren't moving. It was way too cold. Just too cold. And, uh, you know, and then you've got, you know, you sat it out. And I pulled you out that night I or that day. I said, you need to get out. we got to go to this bean field. They're just hitting tracks and this bean field and had a little bit of cover from the wind. And sure enough. Yep. You know, just like you read about it or watch on TV the last five minutes, and and, and there he was. Yeah, that was a uh, right down to the uh, the final minutes of of the day. But you know, it's that that field too was you know the place to be. There was snow on the ground, uh, it was mm-hmm. cold, and it was you know that they were coming up out of that ditch into that bean field, and they were just pounding the heck out of that and. I remember he said, yep, no, you got to get out of there. Now we're going to go put you in there. We're going to pop a blind up. And we popped it up like right in the middle of the field, which yep. <laughs> and yep. it didn't matter. They didn't care. <laughs> no, because I said, oh, you only got to sit here for a couple hours. Sure, I hope you can make that. And uh, yep. sure enough, it paid off. But, uh, you know, them beans that time of year, you know, uh, standing beans or even beans that they didn't pick very good, which is what happened there. They yep. need that protein. They need that you know, I think the corn's a high carbohydrate, but the beans is high in protein, and they just go to it like a magnet. Yep, yeah, that was uh, that was amazing. It was probably the most grueling hunt, but I think it was uh, rewarding as well. I think with your uh, your foot injury and uh, oh, yeah. the way the weather was, I don't think that deer could have dropped in any better of a spot outside of where, <laughs> where he fell down. I mean, we backed the truck right up and. And uh, lifted them in there, but uh, you know that's that's what I like about Iowa the most is it it's always memorable. You're going you're going to see deer, you know, um, whether yep. you get a crack at a yep. big one or not. That you never know. That's that's part of it. But mm-hmm. um, you know, it's uh, well, I, you, you, the conditions can change pretty quick, you know. And if you're here on a five or six day hunt, you know, the first part of the week might be decent, and then all of a sudden, boom, you know, here yeah. comes the Arctic blast, and it may be here for the remainder of your hunt. And, uh, you know, it really puts the deer on their feet and it changes everything. And, you know, the year before that, we had an ice storm come through. You know, we're always on that stinking line yeah. of ice, sleet, and freeze. And um, your buddy Bruce was down. And uh, it was an inch of ice on top of a little bit of snow. Oh, and you might have been, been walking out there with tin cans on your feet and on your arms. It was terrible noisy. Yeah. That's that's brutal. And uh, yeah, so we get into all that. And sometimes I think one year you brought a buddy down, and it was sixty-five or seventy-five degrees. Yeah, we had <laughs> so, we had we had rain, thunderstorms, uh, high winds, seventy yep. degrees. Uh, one year I shot that uh, nice eight-pointer. We had an ice storm then. I remember we yep. had a difficult time trying to get back to get back into town because the, uh, the roads were so iced up. And if I remember correctly, yeah. I think you were on your way back and I called you. You hadn't even gotten back to town yet, and you had to turn around and come back and get me. Yeah, I just drove into Kisakwa about 50, 45, 50 minutes later. You called and said you got a deer, and I didn't believe you. But <laughs> you usually don't BS me too much about that. But. No, 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 I don't. I usually, I'm pretty... I know I was trying to get – we were trying to get home on the highway that night, and yeah. I said, I, I can't drive on the highway. This is too – I had to get on the gravel. Yep. And uh, we kind of took the long way back. Yeah, it, was, it wasn't nice that day. No, not at all. And I am – I'll be honest, I'm really looking forward to uh, – uh, to coming down, I hope I, I get my tag. It's like it's been every other year, and you know I'm going to do the muzzleloader hunt again this year. I think, which is nice, and I like that too. And I think when you when you discussed it with me, it's like, yeah, you know, you got the second shotgun season, but the muzzleloader season pretty much starts right after the second gun season and runs into January. So it runs, you know, a little before Christmas and then through Christmas and then into like the second week of January. So you got more time. Yeah, the tenth of January is. Uh... The last day of it, you know, and, and uh, about the 20th of December is when it starts. So, yeah, you got three and a half some weeks in there, and 
which is good. And you live close enough, you can kind of skirt down here if you have to. Yep. You know, we kind of play the weather thing, and that helps too. But uh, yeah, the colder the better. A little bit of snow always helps. You can see them better. It's good for tracking. Everybody likes to track a deer in the snow. That's always fun. It is. (laughs) It is. It uh, (laughs) it makes it a lot easier than having to get down on your hands and knees looking at those red oak leaves all the time. (laughs) Yeah, I did that once this year, and it's just my eyesight's not the best anymore. So uh, I'm not real fun with that, but. It happens. I mean, not everybody can put a good shot on deer. I mean, it's just part of hunting. It is. It is. All right, Jack. Well, listen, man, it was great to talk to you. Thanks for taking the time to uh, join us here on, on Living the Outdoors. And uh, uh, I, I look forward to chatting with you here as we move forward and get into the next year's season. You bet. Well, thanks for having me on, and good luck with everything up there. Uh, sounds good, Jack. Say hi to the family for me, will you? I will. Take right. care. Bye. Take care. Bye-bye. All right, Jack Schaefer. A good friend of mine from Fairfield, Iowa, joining us here on Living the Outdoors. We're going to go ahead and take a break, and when we come back, we'll have Scott Rune to talk about the Learn to Hunt program. Keep us tuned in here at Fleet Farms Living the Outdoors show right on the score. Welcome back to Fleet Farms Living the Outdoors show right here on the score. I'm your host, Mark Druick. Thanks again to Jeff, uh, to Jack Schaefer for joining me here tonight hopefully gave you a couple of helpful hints when you're out there shed hunting it is that time of the year and uh you know we're supposed to get more snow but as soon as that snow starts to melt off completely it'll be a little bit easier for you to get out there and uh find that uh those easter eggs i always i always refer to it as an easter egg hunt for grown-ups but fun nonetheless gets you outside and here we are spring and it's hard to believe i mean the, the cranes are here, the mallards are here, the turkeys are strutting already. Um, I'm, I'm ready for spring. And we're going to go ahead and, and kind of kick it off with uh, Scott Rune tonight. We're going to talk about the Learn to Hunt program. Scott, how you doing? I'm doing well, man. It's, as always, busy time of year, but uh, not as busy as last year. But I am very, very excited for uh, turkey season this year to get back in the swing of things. It's been since 2019. Since we've had the, the Learn to Hunt program here in Outagamie County, COVID kind of put a kibosh on that, but yep. uh, reached out to the mentors and, and and we're back at it. So, excellent. And um, you know, it's and it's relatively easy to get. Let's kind of kick it off with, you know, getting, you know, learning more about it and getting signed up. You can do that right through the DNR page, can't you? Uh, yeah, they've changed it up a little bit. Um, our, our program isn't on there yet. I'm still trying to work with, uh, get in touch with someone down in Madison. They've, they've updated the system since 2019. Um, there are a couple programs listed on the website right now, but they have the ability to enroll through the website, which isn't quite the route that we want to go. We want to make sure we keep track of everything. Sure. And, um, because we are uh, here in Outagamie County, we're the only program that we know of in the state that's adult only. It's an adult focus. That is the way uh, Mike Young and Brian Propson set it up back in 2010, and we've stuck with it. So, um, but the, to to get uh, enrolled, if you're interested in in joining the program, after we talk about it here a little bit, it's uh, LTH Turkey WI at Yahoo.com. Colleen uh, out at the Outagamie Conservation Club, who is they have been a fantastic host through the years. For this event, um, they agreed to uh, host it once again, and Colleen is is helping uh, get hunters signed up. So email her uh, again. That's lthturkeywi at yahoo.com. So uh, just all you need is a, a DNR customer number. If you don't have one, you can easily get one online on the DNR's website. Um, yeah, DNR customer number, date of birth, uh, what uh, gauge shotgun you wanna you wanna use the, for the hunt, and, and and we'll get you out there. The uh, meeting this year it's a mandatory part of the program the learn to hunt program is a minimum of four hours of classroom time and that's what we do because we are uh, adult focused and uh, obviously adults can can soak in info and and stuff uh, a little easier than kids but it's march 31st from 5 30 to 9 30 out at the uh, conservation club on mayflower north of appleton and then that following week on uh, april 8th is the uh, is the hunt we actually pair you up with a mentor and get you out uh, out in the field so it's a great opportunity if you've never turkey hunted before to uh to to join yeah <laughs> Take, it, get it enjoy the experience it's it's a it's an addiction you and uh, i both know that yeah it is it's uh a 
you get all kind of quivery and edgy in this time of year, you know, especially if you see your first couple toms strutting around or you hear a gobble or whatever kind of gets the juices flowing. But but you know, but you'd mentioned that the uniqueness of this course it is it's geared towards adults and and Mike through all the years of being my co-host for the monthly edition of Ask a Game Warden always was, you know, there, there's all these programs that cater to the to the kids and that's right. great. But there's this other element out there that uh, is, you know, kind of excluded from that and and not and having to count on somebody else to do that, whereas your program. Um, is based on that, you know, getting the adults into it, maybe. Um, and I, I, in the years I've been doing it, I mean, we've had uh, quite a few ladies come through and the age variance is it's, you know, it's, there's some younger ones, but it seems like there's a lot of the, the middle-aged people that have never, never hunted before, didn't grow up in a hunting family. Right. Uh, this is a great place to, and a great program to get involved in. Yeah, we've had uh, hunters enrolled that have been 18 all the way up to uh, 67. Um, lots of lots of women have have been part of the program through the years, and a lot of them just took off with the hunting world. We've talked about this before, oh, Kelly. Yeah. Um, I mean, they start out. Some members, you know, hunters join the program and they've never held a firearm in their life, and part of the program, <clears throat> excuse me, and part of the program, you know, we come in. Um, pair you up with a mentor we go through uh firearm safety warden mary bish i've already reached out to her she's been regular on the show with you she's going to be joining us um she'll go over some firearm safety obviously we take safety uh, very seriously um and we actually go on the range right behind the conservation club and we'll pattern out pattern out some guns so um you don't have to be an experienced hunter we've had people that have never hunted before we've had hunters in there that have deer hunted they've you know duck hunted they've you know goose hunted they've been out west elk hunting but they've never turkey hunted they know nothing about turkey hunting and they come out and and they have a blast and we have a very very good success rate through the years we're you know in the ballpark of 50 percent for a for a one-day hunt that's really good mm -hmm. you know for as a state we average somewhere in in success rate for each zone somewhere between 17 and 20 percent if you get above 20 it's usually a really good harvest year but uh we we, we do well I and mean, we're a smaller program we only usually have about eight eight hunters each year um we've had as few as five as many as 13 but um we take what whatever whoever's willing to join us and whoever's interested in in learning about turkey hunting we we love doing it the, all our mentors volunteer our time uh in doing this and the landowners uh we could not do this without the landowners they they open up their land to us they have access to to hunt the properties a lot of local farmers in the in uh, outagamie county here that do that do that so it's uh all about volunteering and you know it's free all you have to do is join us for you know march 31st for four hour meeting it's very action-packed very informative um outagamie county biologist brian woodbury uh, is usually on hand or one of the wildlife technicians talk about biology ecology you know identification between mm -hmm. a, a, a hen and a tom or possibly a jake you know not all birds have beards i've seen toms without beards before but sure uh, you know we get out there and then we just talk about the hunt itself we get into calling and different styles of uh, hunting methods whether you want to be a running gun or or using a blind um different types of camo and boots and ammo and all the different shells and chokes and gauges i mean there's there's so much the turkey world has just exploded in the last 15 years with all the different stuff you know this and the, yeah. the retail world it's just it's insane how much it has grown in leaps and bounds and in popularity as well so and we see that in the in the, in the license uh, sales throughout the year, where there's fourteen, just shy of fourteen thousand more licenses that were issued in the application process this year than there were last year. So, um, I do think we talked about it last year. I do think that 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 COVID did have a positive impact on getting people in the outdoors and trying new things, and uh, the the numbers show it with with the amount of applicants for for turkeys here in Wisconsin. Yeah, and you know. I think the key the key factor here is obviously you know we've got the um, the biological side of it we've got the enforcement side of it, but the key element here is the landowners and and these guys are opening up their property like I've I've hunted on a couple different ones and I know the one gentleman who allows us uh, to hunt does not open up his property to anybody else he just right. opens it up to this program he he so strongly believes in 
people getting these opportunities that he opens up his property. So we should talk about that a little bit. And these guys are, you know, um, and you, you do all the legwork. You you get all these guys hooked up. You've made all these connections. And, and I think, uh, you know, for the most part, they've been extremely uh, receptive. Absolutely. And, and, you know, a lot of the landowners um, are, are really open to it. They want to meet the hunter. They want to, you know, they're, they're, Hey, give me a call. I want to know how you did. Send me a picture uh, type of thing. And some landowners are just like, yep, go ahead, have fun. Best of luck. And, you know, I called uh, one of the landowners last night, Gary, um, and I ended up talking to him for a half hour. You know, we were talking about fishing and coyote hunting and I mean, everything under the sun and, and uh, last year's deer season. And I mean, it's just, some of these landowners are just absolutely amazing and we could not do it without them. And, um, unfortunately we, we did lose a few since 2019. Um, a few of them have passed away. A couple of them we lost to land development and sale. Um, so I think we're, you know, we could always use a few more and we have had, uh, numerous, um, uh, landowners in the past give us a call and say, Hey, you know, I don't turkey hunt. I don't like these things. They're all over the place. Can you come, you know, we're more than willing to have you out and, and take a first time hunter out. We heard you on the radio. So if you're out there and you have some, you know, same, same deal, LTH Turkey, WI yahoo.com, let Colleen know. And uh, I'll, I'll give you a call. Yeah, I, I'm sure there's, there, there may be a few listeners out there saying, Hey, you know what? I usually I'd save it for family or, you know, the, the grandkids or whatever. But if you want to be, you know, part of this program, um, here's a great opportunity to do it. It's not like you're, it's, you know, a, a one day thing, giving somebody an opportunity to go out and have an experienced mentor. Um, so yeah, contact these guys, let them know. Um, <laughs> we can, uh, we can take care of, if you've got a turkey problem, we can, we can help right, you with that. Right. And the only, the only uh, question I ever get from landowners is, is concerning liability. We're one, you have to have uh, receive more than $2,000 a year in the state of Wisconsin to be liable. But two, we also are insured by Pheasants Forever. So there is no liability of a landowner's part um, for this program. It's, it happens throughout the entire state. There's, um, like I said, there's only two turkey hunting programs listed on the state. But if you go on and look at all the different classes and the different learn to hunts and, and trapping and snowmobiling, there's 197 classes right now um, wow. online. The, throughout the throughout the state so there's there's definitely opportunities to get involved in numerous different ways so yeah yeah exactly and i think you know we've done this um show pretty consistently over the years to create that awareness number one uh, look for participants right we want people to come and sign up and and i think you've been able to recruit several uh, over the years uh, to through the show um also to um, you know, reach out to those potential landowners like, well, I, you know, I, I don't hunt turkeys and they're on my property and here's a great opportunity to, to help somebody along. So I think it's, you know, and, and then also I think on the back side of that too, you've got the, um, the biological standpoint, you got the, the game biologist, you know, uh, Brian Woodbury, who I've known for years, right. uh, comes in and gives you all the, the backstory on turkeys and there were no turkeys in Wisconsin. That's one of the biggest wildlife uh, success stories in the state. Uh, and then you get to meet Mary Bish, who was my co-host for uh, one of my co-hosts for ask a, ask a game warden. And you kind of get that side of it. You also get how to deal with the enforcement side of it, know the do's and the don'ts and, and what to be careful of. And safety obviously is, is number one, um, which is great for the, 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 um, sportsman club to let you guys come out there people can shoot they can do all that kind of stuff and and get the the understanding of of how to weapon and how to take care of that and be safe with it so um i'm hoping that you know if, if there's somebody out there uh that you that you know that could benefit from this program or yourself um uh, we'd love to have you and we'll scott will give you that uh, a couple more times before the end of the broadcast but um we're gonna go ahead and take another break and when we come back we'll have more of Fleet Farms Living the Outdoor Show right here on The Score. Welcome back to Fleet Farms Living the Outdoor Show here on The Score. I'm your host, Mark Drew. Thanks for tuning us in. If you have a question or comment, 281-1570 or 866-653-1570. 
And Alex, they can uh, text in a question or text in something now, can't they? Yes, you can. All you got to do is go to 920-281-1570, send us a text, and we will read that on the air. Yeah, because sometimes people don't really want to talk on the air, but we get the... It seems becoming popular now that we have this yes. available where people can just shoot a text and give us a question, and yeah. we're automated now, man. We're With my buddies listening, you might, might screen those Alex uh, before. Oh, I, <laughs> I, will, uh, I, will, I will certainly do so. So... Yeah. Kip, Kip just messaged me, so oh, he's, he's he? probably listening. Yeah, oh, okay. Kip Adoin? Yep. Oh, there Dr. we go. Kip, Kip, if you're listening, hi, how are you? Um, Scott Rune joining me here tonight, uh, and we're talking about the Learn to Hunt program. And, you know, the one of the cool things about this, and we were talking about it during the break, is that, you know, you impact somebody's life, you know, and you get them involved in the outdoors. And, and the young lady we were talking about, she's hunted turkeys she started now she's bear hunted i think she's antelope hunted she's duck hunted she's bear hunted she's done all of these things and that's kind of what this program is all about is expose people to this opportunity that's offered through the dnr it's free the tag is free you're getting knowledgeable people who know how to turkey hunt um and each one each, every one of the hunters that i've taken out the first thing i tell them is i'm going to teach you everything not, not to do to do yeah because <laughs> so, i've it's, done everything wrong right yeah yeah that's the way it goes but uh yeah like like you said it, the mentors in this program too are i mean i'm the baby of the bit this is my 15th year uh turkey hunting but i can relate um very well with the adults being an adults only course because i did not go through hunter safety till i was 27 my first hunting season t- spring turkey hunting season was 2008 i had no clue what i was doing so i know exactly how it feels to be in my later years i'm not not a youth like a lot of a lot of the programs are focused for around, sure. around the area i know what it, i know what that's like and i know the difficulty and you know sometimes it's hard to say hey i don't know what i'm doing you know maybe i should reach out for help or you know you know i want to find out a little more and that's exactly what we do if you take the chance and reach out to us we'll, we'll get you hooked up if you don't have a shotgun we will provide one for you the the conservation club has a has a bunch available and all of us as mentors we've we've got at least one you we're know. armed <laughs> we're, yeah we're, we're armed we got plenty of different gauges to, and uh different models to fit different uh different size people and and you know that we were talking about before the greatest thing about being adult focused program is how it feeds after the program is done right they have the ability we we try to instill as much confidence and and knowledge into them as we can throughout these two weekends but they get the opportunity to pass that along themselves a lot of these adults that take this program they pass it on to their kids their grandkids their Mm -hmm. their spouse their boyfriend girl whoever and and it, it feeds from there you don't really have that opportunity when you introduce a child at that level because they can't just go take their friends out. Mm-hmm. Right. So, right. Um, you know, you go through that, you go through go through uh, uh, hunter safety. You know, if you're born after January 1st, 1973, you have to be go through hunter safety here in Wisconsin. But, uh, you know, you, you have the opportunity as soon as you leave here to have the knowledge to know how to get a license, know what you have to do to be legal. You're working with the wardens. You know exactly what's going on with the rules and the regulations, which as a mentor, I can say I absolutely love having the wardens on hand because stuff changes all the time. And sometimes you are aware of it. Sometimes you're not. And it makes sure that everybody's on the same playing field, legal. And, and, you know, just to, to be able to get somebody out there, and be confident and just have that experience and provide the forum. I only remember one time through the years where um, a hunter did not, and a mentor didn't have the experience of, of hearing a gobble or, or having birds around that morning. And they ended mm-hmm. up harvesting a bird that afternoon in the afternoon hunt. But um, yeah, that on March 31st, 530 to 9:30 is that meeting again at the conservation club. Um, if you're interested in signing up, uh, reach out to Colleen LTH Turkey WI at yahoo.com. She will get you all signed up and uh, we hope to see you on March 31st. Cause that next weekend uh, we'll, we'll get you out in the woods, chasing birds. It's going to come quick. It and, is. And then we've over the years, there's been uh, snow, cold rain, 70 degrees. I mean, at the, that time of year, you never know. You have to be prepared right. for, you know, any, any type of weather. But the birds are always there. Oh, yeah. You know, sometimes they're more active, sometimes they're not. But 
you know, that's part of the learning process. And I want to go back to a statement you made and emphasize that on a, a bit is that it's the residuals. You know, when you get an adult, they have, have that ability, like you said, to, to pass it on to other people. Whereas the kids maybe that, okay, this is great for now. It'll be years before they can take advantage of that opportunity where your, your, your payback, um, teaching the adults is a lot faster. Your turnaround is a lot faster of them getting out and, and spreading the word and, and getting more people to join that and mentoring themselves, right? you know, and becoming part of that side of the program. So, you know, there's so many elements uh, involved in that that are so positive. And uh, to me, it's, yeah, it, I, I love to hunt. I'll take any advantage I can to get out in the, in the blind or in the woods or whatever. Uh, but I think what, what really motivates me is to, um, you know, impact somebody's life. And I, I preach it and I live it. And it's, it's a much more powerful thing than people realize because you're exposing them to an outdoor activity. They can take that and make that their happy place and turn that into something positive. And then, you know, referring back to it, just the trickle down effect. So people don't understand how important that is to, to pass that along. Yeah. It's great to do that, you know, generational wise with family and in friends and stuff, but there's a lot of other people out there who don't have family and friends that, um, uh, don't have that opportunity. So these are all these things that you can take, uh, and get some of these people, um, and at least say, well, you know, I'm glad I did it. I don't know if I want to do it again, but then there's people like, wow, I can't believe how awesomely fun and cool this is. And you get to watch the world come back to life this time of year. So what's, what's not, what's, what's wrong with that? Right. Right. I mean, we were just talking about it before. I mean, the amount of, amount of migratory birds that have already come back. That's crazy. I mean, it's, it's, it's insane. I, I, I don't think I've ever recalled this this many birds geese ducks cranes this time of year already happening i've seen five striders already out in the fields i heard my first gobble already i i think this is going to be a great great turkey season um there's lots of tags left you know the leftover tags go on sale in a couple weeks but uh, you know going back to getting people out and and just having that impact on on people i'm pretty proud i'm going to toot my own horn here for a second because um through the years um, like I said, I've only been hunting 15 years, but through the years I've, I've kept track of um, all the people that have been in the classroom sessions, the kids that I've taken out, people I've called for, friends that I've called for, taken out during the year. And um, with the hunters that we have signed up already, I've now hit the 100-person milestone of people that I've introduced really? into into tur- turkey hunting, which um, I'm pretty excited about. I know some of the other mentors have already hit that hit that number as well, but I I got there and, and, uh, it's, it's rewarding to, I mean, like you said, you, you want to get out there and, you know, smack a bird in the face as, as much as the next turkey nut, but you know, to, to be able to do that, um, through the years and, and, and have that impact on people and get people in the outdoors. Um, you know, I have my days where I like just <laughs> veg on the couch too. I just get so burned out, but come Turkey season, it's, <laughs> Go time. that's a whole, it's a whole different ball game there. And it's, it's a tiring season. Uh, but uh, it, it definitely has some positive impacts uh, throughout the turkey world. It's not like deer hunting in Wisconsin. There's there's no jealousy. There's no, you know, you no, know, absolutely not. You can't done here. This is my land. You know, I run into turkey turkey hunters out there that hey, you know, how you doing? What work? You seen any birds? You know, it's not like that. Everybody just it's a whole different world compared to deer hunters. But uh, yeah, it's 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 going to be exciting season. I, I I think it's going to be a very good season, success wise. We've had, mm-hmm. I mean, we've had a few good snowstorms here, but for the most part, this has been a pretty mild winter. The fields are clear. Um, the birds I've been seeing are pretty pretty hardy. So yeah. I, I think we're gonna we're gonna have a good another good harvest season, probably thirty seven thirty eight thousand bird range, maybe more. I don't know if we'll hit numbers like we did, you know, fifteen years ago. I think was the highest we had. We were over fifty two thousand as a state harvest wise, but, um, you know, the birds are, it, it's their healthy population. Like we said before, this mm-hmm. is one of the best conservation efforts, in my opinion, in the country of what Wisconsin did, um, to bring them back. And, and it's in the numbers. I mean, there's so many people buying tags right now, uh, through the, through the application process that, that happens every spring. So lots of leftover tags yet this year. So, yeah, it's going to be exciting. And I, I agree with you. I think the numbers are, 
are solid. We didn't really have, we had some cold weather, but it didn't last more than a couple of days. Right. The, the, the ground was pretty much bare all winter. And with a couple of snowstorms, they've melted within a couple of days. Yeah, if and they it, didn't melt, they were the, there was so much wind that the uh, the fields were pretty much open. They so. were open, so they had, they had access to to food, which is great. Right. But turkeys are pretty resilient. I mean, they can go weeks without without food and and withstand some pretty bad uh, weather. But you know, you get that good carryover. You know, if you have a good hatch in the spring and you carry over through fall and and then through winter, uh, everything's uh, all the the signals are pointing towards uh, uh, another good year, especially seeing a lot of the the younger birds too. So that's right. always a good thing. All right, well, listen, we're going to go ahead and take a break. When we come back, we'll have more of Fleet Farms Living the Outdoor Show right here on the Score. Welcome back. Fleet Farms Living the Outdoor Show right here on The Score. Hey, if you missed any of tonight's broadcast, you can go to thescorewi.com and you can listen to it there. And I believe you can still get it on iTunes. And here's the cool thing. You can go back and I believe last week we talked, there are interviews on there from all the way back to 2016. So if you're looking for something fun to do and you're bored or whatever, there's some actually some pretty good conversations uh, up there. But again... Um, you, if you want to reach out to me, it's livingtheoutdoorswi.gmail.com, or you can follow me on Instagram as well. I uh, Hopefully we'll get a little bit busy there. I take a little time off. There hasn't been too much going on for me in the outside world, but uh, hopefully we're going to get out there and start doing some, some shed hunting. I was going to try and get out and do some spring snow goose hunting, but I think I'm going to hold off and wait until fall when I can uh, um, go out and shoot specs, which is on my list and one of the guests i've had on sean holly from coupling outfitters uh wants me to come out there and he said you could shoot plenty of snows but he said if you want to come out and shoot unlimited ones spring one but if you want to come out and shoot snows and have a shot at some specs he said come out in the fall so and i got my bear tank you did i did 13 years so i'm pretty i'm pretty excited about nice yeah yeah i got 10 10 preference points right now what zone are you looking for um uh, i got some buddies with property up in the park falls area okay so, so northwest yeah uh, up there we'll see we'll see what happens i gotta make sure i get the time to to do it right if i'm going to spend that many, many years gathering points so <laughs> yeah i i know it i know and it just this is kind of an advantage now that you know i'm semi-retired that i have the flexibility to do some of these things and we we're talking to jack um and I've got three weeks in muzzleloader season, so I don't have to be restricted to one week. Right. You know, if the weather looks like it's going to be crappy, we don't go. So, or if it's going to be good and we're looking for a stretch of, of good weather, you know, for hunting, that gives me the flexibility to, to do that. Plus, I have the time frame to do it. You know, the, the other gun seasons are so short that you don't really have an opportunity. As long as the wife signs a permission slip, you're good to go. Oh, yeah. She, <laughs> she, yeah she, I've got a bunch of those pre-signed already. <laughs> Photocopied ones? Just fill in the blank. Yeah. <laughs> Change the date? Yeah, exactly. No, she's she's awesome. She supports all this stuff, and, and uh, you know, thank God for that because if you don't have that support net mechanism at home, right. you know, you really can't fully enjoy it the way you should. So. Right. I'm sure my wife gets a little little frustrated with me at times in the spring, but she gets it. Get the kids out. Take my daughter out. She's shot birds the last two years. Shot some nice ones. So um, exactly. Yeah. It, there's there's trade off there. You know. Yeah. It's it's one of those things. But you know, you have to look at it. So you got to keep doing this stuff while you can, because that day will come when you can't anymore. Right. And uh, no, you know, life's too short for regrets. Is is one of my statements. But anyway, uh, learn to hunt program coming up. Uh, 31st of March is the, uh, is the course. And again, let's flip out that, uh, email address. It is LTH Turkey, T-U-R-K-E-Y-W-I at yahoo.com. Colleen from the, uh, conservation club is, is taking those, helping me out, uh, getting hunters signed up. Like I said, DNR customer number, very easy to get on the website, DNR's website. If you don't have one, um, we'll go through the classroom. We got the biologists on hand, the wardens on hand. We'll get a little package together. Fleet Farm. I've reached out to our friends at Fleet Farm. They're going to be donating some stuff for the hunters. We got some some push yelp, uh, push button Yelper calls coming. Nice. Uh, some targets, some face masks. Uh, last week, you and Alex were talking. One of the per- people that uh, 
you were hoping to get on a show, Michael Waddell, mm-hmm. someday. Bone collectors donating some stuff. So, nice. So, uh, yeah, it's Michael Waddell's uh, brand there. So, nice. Um, That's yeah, awesome. A, a little bit of something, and, and then we'll teach teach you everything we can about turkey hunting in an action-packed, info-filled four hours, and, and then uh, get you out in the woods the following weekend. That week in between, if, if uh, time allows and the schedule allows with your mentor, we'll get you out to set up a blind and and teach you what we we look for when we're scouting strut zones and tracks and you know different things that we we look for in locating birds maybe put them to bed depending on the time of the day with uh, yeah if you get closer to roosting time so uh there's a lot that goes into it and a lot you can learn and that's one of the great things with with all these mentors we've talked about it numerous times before every single one of us as mentors guaranteed we don't hunt the same way right no we different setups different calls um different hunting styles whether you're running gun or you know we'll basically be in blinds throughout this program but we all hunt differently and that's the experiences that we can share the info that we can provide everybody else so lth turkey wi at yahoo.com to sign up that's the beauty of turkey hunting there is no formulated you know agenda of what you have to do you just you can go do with it what you want. You want to run and gun them. You want to hunt out of a blind. You want to hunt with a bow. You want to hunt with a crossbow. You want to hunt with a shotgun. You want to do You make it your own, you know. And some people have said, well, you know, I don't know how to call. I've heard a lot worse noise come out of a real hen's mouth than actually Absolutely. somebody using a, a call. But don't worry about it. We'll teach you how to do all of that stuff, you know, what to look for, how to use the call, all that kind of stuff. So, Scott, great to have you uh, on the show again look forward to getting uh, together for the program and i appreciate you being here mr druick it's always a pleasure thank you much all right everybody again uh thanks for tuning us in glad to have you along and uh, if you have the opportunity to impact somebody's life through the outdoors please take advantage of it i guarantee you it will make you a better person thanks for tuning in have a great evening and live life in the outdoors Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.